discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. the Lord. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Lift up your right hand towards heaven and just thank God for this morning. Father, we are grateful. We are thankful, Lord. Thank you for the power of your word. Father, we give you glory. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you for the ministry of your precious Holy Spirit who leads us and guides us. Thank you for the power of your word. Receive your word with meekness and with gladness, Lord. Thank you that our level is changing because of your word. It is truly a turning one year for us to your glory. It is faster and easier for us. We accomplish many things through your Holy Spirit. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. For grace. Grace ministered to us, Lord. Grace upon grace. Amen in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may kindly take your seats in heavenly places. The word of God that we share with you is to help you live the way God will have you live. And you must have some consistency. So if you are not consistent, you know, you have the life will not be as consistent as it's supposed to be. Please, do you understand? Yeah, so it's important you are always around. You are always found in the system, wherever it is that you may find yourself. Okay? So I've been sharing concerning the Holy Spirit. Do you like hearing about the Holy Spirit? Yeah, I've been sharing concerning the Holy Spirit for the last few weeks, and I intend to share some more on him. Yeah, I want, I want to share more on the Holy Spirit for the next two months even. Do you like such things? Yeah. Because without the Holy Spirit, nothing really works. Nothing works. Your life will not work without the Holy Spirit. Your life will not work without the Holy Spirit. Things will not work without the Holy Spirit. Do you see? So, the Holy Spirit is God. God brought to us on our level. Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. He said, I will come to you. Jesus could only be in one place at one time. So when he was leaving, he said, I will not leave you comfortless. This is in John chapter 14. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. I will come to you. This is verse 18. Look at verse 18. John 16 verse 18. He says, I will not leave you comfortless. Let's read the Amplified. You understand it even some more. I will not leave you as orphans. 
An orphan is one who does not have a father or a mother, and hence is not cared for, is not provided for, is not taken care of. Are you seeing it? So Jesus was the one responsible for the disciples. The disciples were enjoying so much fame, they were enjoying so much money, they were enjoying so much comfort. When Jesus said he was going to die, they got offended. Peter called Jesus and warned him and said, you are too young, you shouldn't be talking about death. You are the one who thought about positive confession. How come you are confessing death for yourself? Savior of the world, you are, Charlie, don't stop talking like that. They were not happy with him at all because they knew what he was doing for them. They knew what, what he was, you know, helping them with. One day, if you read in John chapter 1, you see it. One day, Jesus was passing by and there were some people with John the Baptist, John, in John the Baptist's church. John the Baptist church was a very hard church. There are different types of churches. Do you know there are different types of churches? There are churches where you go, they have grace for fasting for 70 days and praying every day. Hey, it's not a small thing. Oh. It's the easiest thing. I know a very wild man of God somewhere in Accra who has a ministry like that. And they are very prosperous. It's a very wonderful place to be. Yeah. But John the Baptist was into that Charlie, desert wild things, I tell you. No buffing type of ministry. Let that support that type of ministry. Charlie, it wasn't easy at all. And we're in the desert all the time, eating locusts and wild honey. Hey, but then when he comes to town, the whole of town gathers for him. Yeah, very powerful ministry. But that other side was not easy for them at all. So Jesus was passing by. John the Baptist saw Jesus passing by. He had some two disciples with him. John the Baptist's disciples with him. And then John the Baptist said, Ah, behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Then they started following Jesus. Like that. Then Jesus turned and saw them and said, ah, What are you looking for? And said, Oh, Master, I want to see where you live. Then he said, Okay, you can come. When they got to where he lived and they saw the comfort, they never went back to John the Baptist again. That was the end. I'm not lying to you. It's in the Bible. John 1 39. He said, Come and see. They came. Let's read 38 so that you see it. Look at verse 38. And Jesus, then Jesus turned and saw them following and said unto them, What seek ye? What are you looking for? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, be interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? Where do you live? Then he said, Oh, come, come and see. He said unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt. They saw where he dwelt. They saw where he lived. And abode with him that day. For it was about the tenth hour. But they never went back. Look at the look at next day. They never went back. All the people who came. One of the two which heard John speak, the and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He became Jesus' disciple. He didn't go back. He was, Jesus was always pro providing for them. Always. Comforting them. Helping them. Encouraging them. Exhorting them. Letting them know they can do something with their lives. So when he said he was going to go, I mean, because of Jesus, Peter and all, all the others had posts. So many people come and they could, they could even tell people, you, you can't come and see the master. You can come. Okay, today is you, 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 and you can come. Yeah. When they are moving on, Peter, Peter, and they'll be moving on, Peter. Hey, it was not easy for them at all. They were feeling good in the church. Protocol keepers. So when Jesus said he was going to leave, they didn't take it kindly at all. Like, what do you mean? Charlie, you, <laughs> after you have left our fishing company and we have joined your ministry, you are, you are saying, well, you are leaving where? They were not happy at all. So Jesus told them, listen, I will, I'm not going to leave you comforters. I'm not going to leave you as orphans at all. I will come to you. I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, desolate, bereaved, forlorn, helpless. 
meaning that the Holy Spirit brings you comfort. Okay? Do you understand desolate? When we say something is desolate or a place is desolate, abandoned, isn't it? Abandoned without life. Meaning that I will not leave you abandoned without life. Eh? Empty. The Holy Spirit brings fruitfulness into your life. Are you seeing it? Then he says, I will not leave you bereaved. What is the, what is the meaning of bereaved? When someone dies, a, a very close, someone close to you dies, we say you are bereaved. He says, I will not leave you bereaved. I will not leave you for long. What does that mean? Brothel. Pitifully what? Sad. Meaning that the Holy Spirit brings joy into your life. Wow. There are some people who are not happy at all. They are always angry. They are very serious in life. They'll just be there and they'll be doing... Hmm. You are just... It's unfortunate. You need the Holy Spirit in your life, I tell you. You are letting life weigh you down. Every time you have chugged your head with your palm. As though you are carrying the world in your hands. You are too serious. You are thinking about the future. You are not seeing how things are going to be. But with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will show you. He says he will show you things to come. He will show you the future. You can be in the hottest corner today. But he will show you that, listen, the future is bright. Don't worry about what is happening around you. Jesus said, Jesus said to his disciples, he said that, in this world you shall have many troubles. You shall have many troubles. But cheer up, I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. John 16, 33. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, you shall have precious. But be of good cheer. Why? I have overcome the world. So the Holy Spirit brings that knowledge to your mind. When things are not going, he brings it to your mind that, listen, Jesus overcame the world. Don't worry about what is going on. Don't worry that you don't have some type of monies right now. Don't worry that you don't have a beloved now. There's someone very close to me who is, uh, I think she's 30, 30 or 31 now. Okay? Was very worried about beloved. Like, oh, when one day I was talking to her and she said that, Pastor, are you sure something is going to happen for me? I said, oh, don't worry. You can't depend on the Holy Spirit and lose. It's not possible. It's not possible. Now, she has a very lovely guy who has just come into her life. I mean, he has done introduction to parents and all that, ready to marry before the years. Can you imagine? Wow. She thought she was being late. Her mates were marrying, so she's like, I don't know what that is. If you are not careful, you will not have comfort because of one thing or the other that is happening around you. But the Holy Spirit is inside you to comfort you and stabilize you and let you know that, listen, don't worry. Fear not. Fear not. The future is bright. It's going to be fine. That's what the Holy Spirit does. That's one of his major ministries. Do you see? Now, without the Holy Spirit, eh, there are a lot of things. I mean, without the Holy Spirit, nothing can work. Christianity is not Christianity without the Holy Spirit. You cannot live as a Christian without the Holy Spirit. Holiness is an impossibility without the Holy Spirit. His name is Holy Spirit. He's Holy Pure Spirit. Eh? So if you are going to live the holy life, for instance, if you read in the Bible, if you read in um, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, look at Hebrews 3, 1. Hebrews 3, 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, look at how it starts the thing. He says, wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the high apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. He calls us holy brethren. 
We are holy because of our position in Christ, because of the fact that we've been born again. Your new birth is what makes you holy. You are described as a saint. According to God, you are a saint. According to God, you are holy. If you read in Romans chapter 1, look at Romans chapter 1 from verse 1. You see it there. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Next verse, verse 2. Which he had promised, blah, blah. Next verse, verse 3. Next verse, verse 4. Next verse, verse 5. Go to verse, go to verse 5. He's writing a letter to a group. Next verse, verse 6. Among whom he are also called of Jesus Christ. Next verse, verse 7. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be seen. Have you seen that he's, he's put the word to be in brackets? Meaning that when you, whenever you see those things, the bracket or italics in the Bible, it means that the interpreters are the, one who, are the ones who put it there because they felt it will make more sense if they put it there. And they let you know that they put it there. So if you read the content, the pages before your Bible, you, they will let you know. But you've never read it. Have you realized that you've never? <laughs> they will let you know that the italics are added. They add, it's not in the original manuscripts. So actually, it's supposed to read this way. It says, to all that be in Rome, the Roman church that he had, he had started. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called saints. That's how it's supposed to read. Called what? Saints. saints. Who is a saint? A saint is one who is separated unto God. One who is sanctified, set apart, described as holy. Okay? Holiness has, not, has to do with uh, 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 positioning. Okay? First of all, it has to do with position. Okay? There are things that have not done, any, had not done anything, but were described as holy. For instance, the spoons and the plates and all the things that were used in the temple were described as holy. Did they ever sin? How can a spoon sin? How can a plate sin? The bread that was kept before God was called holy. The temple of God is called holy. Why? The temple has not sinned. But because it is dedicated unto God, it is described as holy. So your holiness is not with respect to your action initially. It is with respect to your position initially. Do you understand? Uh-huh. So because you are in Christ... Because you are a child of God, because you are born again, you are described as holy. Because you are set apart unto God's use, you are described as holy. You are the holiness of God. See, I'm holy. holy. Some people don't say it. They are not so sure. (laughs) Praise the Lord. So, it's with respect to your position. That's why he says, holy brethren. He calls them holy brethren. Do you see? Holy brethren. Partakers of the heavenly calling. Because of their position. But then... There's another level of holiness where your position now shows up. Because you are dedicated unto God and because God's hand is on you, you now walk in cleanliness, not uncleanliness. Do you understand? In other words, you progress in holiness. You grow in holiness. You continuously move in holiness. I've taught this sometime. I taught this last year. Do you remember? Uh So, without the Holy Spirit, you cannot progress in holiness. You will sin now, you'll be surprised. You will do foolish things. You contaminate yourself so much. You'll be shocked. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of holiness. That's his name. And he is the one who makes you holy and helps you stay and live a clean life, which is necessary for certain kinds of promotion in God. There are things you cannot handle. There are things you cannot do, okay, in Christ when your cleanliness is some way. I don't know if you understand. Yeah. yeah. You can't have some things happening around you. 
you, are, you yourself will be blocking your future. You'll be blocking things on your own. Can you use spilt milk? If I give you milk and you, you throw it on the floor, can you use it? Whose fault is it? It's your fault. You throw, you throw it on the floor. So without the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the one who is sent by God to help you live a holy life. Okay, so let's look at Romans chapter 1 verse 4. This is my message. I'm preaching about the partnership of the Spirit. I'm just trying to introduce it a little bit to you and help you know some of the ministries of the Holy Spirit, okay? Let's read from verse 3 to verse 4 so it makes more sense. Concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, remember we're reading this not long ago. Concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, verse 4, and declared to be the son of God with what? He's talking about Jesus. He says Jesus was declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of what? Holiness. Who is that spirit of holiness? The Holy Spirit. According to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Okay? Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Let's read from verse 1 to verse 8. It's nice. I think we should read it. Furthermore, then, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as you have received of us how you ought to walk, he says, as you have received of us how you ought to walk and live and to please God, so you should abound more and more. You should abound more and more as in what we have taught you concerning how you should live and how you should walk as a Christian. Okay? The fact that you are now born again does not mean that you can do whatever you want to do. The fact that you are now holy, sanctified, set apart, righteous, before the sight of God does not mean that you can do whatever you want to do. Some people think that when we preach like about these things, how that you are forgiven and all of that, it means that they can do whatever they want to do. They can sin and have sex as much as they want. Okay? The, the truth is that God, does, God will not hate you for doing foolish things. He still loves you. When you die, you go to heaven. It's the truth. But the fact is that you are a very big fool for, for doing certain things. That is also the truth, because you are denying yourself of all the beautiful things you could have ever enjoyed. God loves you, but then you are, when you get to heaven, you see how much you denied yourself. <laughs> Next verse, verse 2. It's like the church has become quiet because of what I'm talking about. But this is church, so we have to, we have to talk. If I don't say it, who else will say it in your life? For you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. Look at the next verse. It says, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification. But we are sanctified already. So what type of sanctification is he talking about? He's talking about continuing in the sanctification that God has made. How God has sanctified. Keep your finger here. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, right? 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Sanctification is progressive. Holiness is progressive. All these things. In fact, holiness and sanctification are practically put together. It's the same thing, if you like. It says, Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminates, nor abusers of themselves of mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortionists shall inherit the kingdom of God. It says, don't, don't even think about it. These people shall not inherit the kingdom of God. There's entering the kingdom of God, and there's inheriting the kingdom of God. You can enter the kingdom of God and not inherit it. You, you enter through your born-again experience. You inherit it by living the way God will want you to live. God has standards, please. No thieves, no covetous, no drunkards, no revilers, no extortionists shall inherit the kingdom of God. Next verse. Then it says, and such were some of you. Meaning that God is not seeing you like that. He's not seeing you as a thief. He's not seeing you as an extortioner, an adulterer, a fornicator, a weed smoker. He sees you differently. He says, and such were some of you. Such were, it is your past. Such were some of you, but ye are washed. Wow, see, I'm washed. Then it says, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of, Jesus, of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. The Holy Spirit is the one responsible for sanctifying you, setting you apart unto God. It's the truth. You have been sanctified by him. 
you have been brought close to him. Now you're a child of God of a truth. When you die, you have one way. You are going to heaven. But how you live your life determines what you inherit in heaven. So if the sex is good enough, it's better than, it's better than your inheritance in heaven, then you can continue booing the atopa. It depends on you, really. If the stealing is more important and more beneficial to you than the rewards you get in heaven, because at every point in time, the opportunity you have, okay, you have an opportunity to inherit something in Christ or to lose something in Christ. In heaven, God will not be looking at you. Someone asked the question. Okay, so those of us who are born again and have a past, we're sleeping around. When they are judging the other group of people, we know that, he said, the person said, that we know that, I know that my sins have been deleted and everything has been deleted. It's gone. But will I feature in the other person's video <laughs> when they are showing it in heaven? Or it will, or it will be a solo. Will I feature in the other person's video? Listen, when you become born again, okay, there are, there are two major judgments in the Bible. There's a judgment, there's a white throne judgment. Understand the scriptures. There's a white throne judgment, which is for unbelievers. In that place, they are not going to be judged with video and whatever. There's no video, actually. There's only one thing in, in question. They are judged, first of all, for their works. So, if you read in Revelation chapter 20, go to 20. Let's read from verse 11, so that it makes more sense. Understand. Understand the Bible very well, okay? So that you know, you know where you are. If you don't know where you are, you will just keep fooling around. Because you don't know what has happened to you. But when you get to know what has happened to you, it will become precious to you. You value it and then you start living right. He says, and I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. He's talking about God. He says, he saw him sitting on a white throne. So it's called the great white throne judgment. It's the final judgment of the universe. Okay? And at this judgment, all those who died before Adam was created, angels are judged here. There are things in the sea that are judged here. So you see it, you see it in it. It says, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. Next verse. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. Books are opened. So there are books that are kept concerning people, including you and I. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to what? According to their works, according to the things that they did. So, someone who is not... This is for all unbelievers. Every ungodly man is brought here. All believers are not brought here. Because their names are already found in the book of life. Jump to verse 14. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So, at this particular judgment, they check to see if your name is found in the book of life. If your name is not found in the book of life, you are thrown into the lake of fire. Now, what is the lake of fire? The lake of fire is a judgment, it's a sign, it's a sign and a symbol of the judgment of the two worlds. There was a world that was before us, and there's a world that is right now. Our world will be judged with fire. This heaven and this earth will be melted with fire. Second Peter chapter 3 mentions it. They will all be melted with fire. The earth will be melted with fire. That's the truth. Then the world of old, we are not talking about Noah's time. We are talking about the world that was. There was a world before Noah. A world before uh, Adam, which was destroyed with water. That is why in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and verse, verse 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Then verse 2, he says, And the earth was without form and void. The earth became without form and void. God did not create a heaven and earth that was empty. 
and without form and void. God created a beautiful heaven and created a beautiful earth. But something happened. So between Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 and verse 2, it's a great gap. It's called the gap theory. It's a great gap of about 5.99 billion years. Where all the dinosaurs and all the things that we find in our, we find our fossils on this earth are found. Where Lucifer is. Lucifer is found there. All the things that Lucifer did, all those things are, are found there. If you check in other scriptures, you see it. It says, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The whole earth was covered with water. What water was that? That was the water that was used to judge the world that was before. Uh, God rained down, brought down water to destroy that world. So, what you call creation story is actually not creation story. It's a refurbishment story. God was refurbishing the earth. So, if you look at verse 9, go to Genesis 1 verse 9. I've, I, this is not part of my message. I'm just, I don't know why I'm talking about these things. Who is the one who needs this? Ask your neighbor, who is the one who needs it? I don't know who it is. The Holy Spirit is just leading me there. Look at this. And God said, let the waters under the heaven. Which waters? The waters that was covering the earth. He says, let the waters under heaven be gathered together onto one place. And let the dry land appear. And it was so. He just called the dry land to come out of the water. And he gathered all the water into one place. And he called, look at the next verse. And God called the dry land what? He called the dry land earth. That's the one we are standing on right now. But he created it in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. But then he became without form and void. And then he was refurbishing it. So he gathered all the water that he used to condemn the world that then was into one place. And then called the earth out. The land out of the water. And then called, he called the earth the land earth. Have you seen it? And then he says... And the gathering together of the waters he called, called his seas. And God saw that it was good. So the sea we are seeing today is actually the water that was used to destroy the world that then was. That is why there are things inside that sea. That is why the sea is also salty. Salt is for preservation. So there are some beings in the sea. If you watch Aquaman, it is true. There are some things inside the sea. <laughs> some papa water is inside. I tell you, it's the truth. It is the truth. So, if you, so the sea that we see now, is the, it has things inside. There are demons inside. There are principalities. There are powers. There are things that are incarcerated inside, waiting for the last judgment, which is the white throne judgment. So on that day, go back to Revelation chapter 20. It's good you see the beginning and you see the end. Revelation 20, 13. Let's read from verse 12 into verse 13 so we understand it more. Okay? And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. Look at the next verse. Then it says, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it. Now, if any human being dies in the sea and is born again, where does he go to? Where does the spirit go to? Let's say some people were on the sea. A lot of people have died on the sea. Isn't it? Plenty of people have died on the sea. Now, if the person died on the sea and his body was thrown into the sea, Okay? Where and he's born again, where will he go to? You go to heaven, isn't it? It's just his body that will be in the sea. But the person himself is in heaven. If he died in the sea and he was not born again, where will he go to? Hell, right? So this does not make any sense unless it is explained the way I'm going to explain it to you. It says, and the sea gave up the dead which, is, which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. Hell contains all those who are not born again. So if the person died in the sea, then the sea should not give him up. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. What is he talking about? He's talking about all those who were... I remember I told you that the sea we have now is from that particular judgment. 
So all those who were judged with that particular water and uh, with that water that's now called the sea, okay, are the ones that will be given up. The sea will give them up to be judged on that day. Then it says, and death. So all those who die and are on their way, death is also a journey, are on their way to hell, will be given up by death. So death will give up. Death is a dustpan to gather onto the trash can. Eh? Death is the dustpan of the universe. It's just a dustpan. Do you understand dustpan? Uh -huh. It's just for gathering. The final thing is the lake of fire. That is the trash can of the universe. So that all those who are in the water now, if you don't think there are some, in, some things in the water, go and stand there in the night and start shouting. You'll be surprised. <laughs> I tell you. Ask those who live on the shores of the sea. Yeah. Fish, ask fishermen. Even the Bible says, it says those who go deal in the deep, they see things in the deep. I tell you, it's not a joke. There are things inside the sea. Okay? So it says that sea will give up the dead, and death will give up the dead, and hell will also deliver up the dead which are in them. And they were, they, they were judged every man according to their works. So everybody will be judged according to their works. And all those who are not, whose names are not found in the book of life in this particular judgment will be put in the lake of fire. Are you getting it? Now, so there are no videos here. Your video will not be there. Hallelujah. If you are born again, your judgment is different. You have a judgment at the beamer seat of Christ. That's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. It says, knowing not that we shall all stand, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Have you seen it? Everyone, that everyone may receive the things done in his body. So all the things you are doing in your body, you receive a reward for it. If you use your body to fool around, you, receive, you will not receive a reward. If you use your body to do what God wanted you to do, you receive a reward. And mind you, this body of yours is the same body that will be changed into a glorious body when Christ comes. Are you in the church? So if you are defiling it, he says the one who defiles the temple of God will also be what? Consumed and destroyed by God. Hey! So, in First Thessalonians, I hope you've not lost me. I hope you've not gone to bed. First Thessalonians chapter 4, what we're reading. I just said that to let you know that you don't feature in anybody's video. Okay? You don't feature in anybody's video. It's, that's a different story. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification. So even though he sanctified us, he wants us to continue in sanctification. That ye, you, you should abstain from what? Fornication. He mentioned fornication in particular. Wow! You know that's a big deal, isn't it? Some people think it's not a big deal now. It's like, oh, Charlie, let's kiss and say goodbye. If we do it, then nobody knows. What is the problem? God knows. Be there. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. Next verse 4. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel, should know how to possess his body in sanctification and honor. That's what God wants you to do. He wants you to possess your vessel in sanctification and in honor. Next verse. Verse 5. Not in the last of concupiscence. We don't understand. Concupiscence. We don't, we don't understand. Let's read Amplified or BB. Okay, not in the passion of evil desires. So don't live in the passion of what evil desires. Whatever your body says you should do, then you do. If your body feels like smoking, you smoke. If your body feels like drinking, you drink. You have your body to fight. Paul said, I do not box as one who is boxing them, beating the air. I know who my enemy is. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 20, what? 7. Keep your finger and let's go there. Let's read from verse 26 so that it makes more sense. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I not as one that beat there. Let's read BBU Amplified. Amplified. 
Let's shoot amplify. Therefore, I do not run uncertainly without definite aim. I do not box like one beating the air and striking without an adversary. Go up. Go to verse 25. So we see what he's talking about, really. Now, every athlete who goes into training conducts himself temperately and restricts himself in all things. They do it to win a wreath that will soon weather. But we do it to receive a crown of eternal blessedness that cannot weather. So there's a crown of eternal blessedness for you for keeping your body in sanctification in honor. Are you seeing it? So he says, next verse. Then he says, therefore, I do not run uncertainly without definite aim. I do not box like one beating the air and striking without an adversary. I know who my adversary is. Satan is not, Satan is your adversary, it's true. But Satan uses your body against you more than any other thing. Look at the next verse. It says, but like a boxer, I buffet my body. I handle my body roughly. I discipline it by hardships and subdue it. Because your body can take you out of receiving any good thing from God. So there are some who are not into fornication. They are not into boozing. They are not into any of those things, but they are into sleep. Do you see? They are into sleeping. They are into procrastination. They are into laziness. So instead of rising up to do something for the Lord, rising up to do, use time to God's benefit and hence their benefit, they would rather sleep. There are those who would rather wash on a Sunday morning. There are those, yes, there are those who would rather want to be in another place. All the things that you are doing is useless, I tell you. Listen, listen, listen to me very carefully. The world is turned upside down, actually. So, we are seeing people's legs as people's heads. And a, there are lot, there's a lot of importance placed on unnecessary things. I want to build a business empire. Brother, you will die and leave it, I tell you. You want to make a billion dollars. Fine, you will die and leave it. And there's no tag that says that because Mama Lou was born before you, she will die before you. There's nothing like that. One of, my, one of my friends in ministry died two days ago. He was 35 or 36. He's just dead, just like that. All the things he tried to do, it's finished, it's gone. His time is done. We leave things. People build, we, our parents have built houses. Guess what? When you grow up, you also see, you say you don't like their house. You want to build your own house. So everybody's building and building. Right now, Kaneshi, there's nobody living in Kaneshi right now like that. People are, everybody, all, the, all their children have moved out. And they are now selling their houses at Kanishi now. Everybody wants to build. So you spend all your life building. Make money, build. You don't consider God at, at all. Then you build and build and build. Your children will come, then you die. Then they also leave the house and go and build their own. Then they are going like that and going like that. There are some things that are not important, but then everybody says it's important, so everybody's doing it. But actually, your house will not make a difference in heaven. Your car will not make a difference in heaven. He says the righteous, their works is what follow them. What you did for the Lord is what will follow you. Are you a Christian? Yeah. Then you are going to the same heaven we are all going to. Yeah. What counts there is not houses and cars and education. Education is powerful. Houses are powerful. Cars are powerful. But if you are getting a car, you should get a car for the right reason. You should know that you are getting a car to do ministry for the Lord. To bring people to the house of God. Not get a car and be driving around and moving, whatever. If you are getting a house, get a house to help people. To let people stay with you and feed them and help them. Not me and my family is finished. No, what are you talking about? You will never get any reward for that. So have your perspectives right. Have heaven in perspective. Or else you lose out on everything. You finish school, you get a job, you'll be paid $100 billion, you'll be moving around, you realize that you are, not, you are still not happy. You do so many things, and then you die and go off. When you get to heaven and you see God, God will ask you, what do you do with yourself? I, I earned $100 million. And so, what do you do with it? 
I bought me a car, I bought me a yacht, I bought me some uh, houses in America and some other places. It's all nonsense. Kingdoms have come and gone. Julius Caesar thought he was building Rome. He was building Rome. Rome is baller now. Where is it? It has not taken 2,000 years. Rome is gone. It's gone. What didn't Alexander the Great think that he was doing for Greece? He was, he was building the Grecian Empire, winning wars all around the world. Where is it? Where is the Grecian Empire? Greece needs to be bailed out of financial debt right now. That's the kingdom he built. That's what he spent, he spent his whole life doing. Don't spend your life building sandcastles. Do you know a sandcastle? You build a sandcastle at the seashore. Nice story building, beautiful. Then the sea will just come and come and carry it and take it away. There are things that are important. There are things that are not important. God is more important. Doing things for God and making sure the house of God is increasing and going forward is more important and is more rewarding than any other thing you can think about. Do you understand what I'm saying? Get your perspectives right or else you lose out. You, you struggle for nothing. Before you realize you're 70 and you're dying and you cast your mind back and you wonder what you did with your life. What did I do with myself? I spent my whole life chasing money. I spent my whole life chasing a house. I spent my, life, my whole life trying to live in America. Now I'm living in America and I'm not, I'm not happy. So your body, he says you must discipline your, because your body can take, you to, can take you out, can let you lose your rewards. This, but I, but like a boxer, I buffet my body, handle it roughly, discipline it by hardships and subdue it for fear that after proclaiming to others the gospel and teach and things pertaining to it, I myself should become unfit, not stand the test, be unapproved and rejected as a counterfeit. Paul, who was even preaching the gospel, wanted to preach the gospel properly and do things properly. He was in the ministry doing things for God, but he wanted to do it well, out of good purpose, good reason, not because of fame or anything, so that he would not be described, he would not be called a counterfeit, unapproved. And rejected. So the Holy Spirit comes into your life to help you control your body. Because your body, what you do in this body counts. He helps you control your body. He says, I discipline my body by hardships. I subdue it. You must subdue your body. If you have not subdued your body, how can you subdue the country? How can you subdue your business when you have not subdued your body? No matter how much your business grows, your body will destroy the business. Yeah. Go back to First Thessalonians chapter 4. Let me finish reading it. It says that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. Let's, let's read the Amplified of that. Okay. That each one of you should know how to possess control, manage his own body. Have you seen it? It says manage your own body in what? In consecration, in purity, separated from things profane and honor. Have you seen it? Yeah. Next verse. And honor, not to be used in the passion of lust like the heathen. Don't behave like a Gentile who are ignorant of the true God and have no knowledge of his will. Next verse. That no man transgress and overreach his brother and defraud him in this matter or defraud his brother in business. For the Lord is an avenger in all these things, as we have already warned you solemnly and told you plainly. For God has not called us to impurity. Have you seen it? God has not called us to what? Listen. Don't delete your future with your body. There are a lot of good things. All the confessions you have been making, it's working. But because of the things you are allowing your body to get into, you are just deleting some things. All the things that you are creating through your confessions, through the word of God, through all the things that I'm telling you. Some of you are deleting it with your body. It's not supposed to be like that. For God has not called us unto to impurity, but to consecration. 
to dedicate ourselves to the most thorough, thorough purity. Hey. To dedicate ourselves to what? To the most thorough purity. It must be pure. Next verse. Verse 8. This is what I want you to see. Therefore, he says, therefore, whoever disregards, sets aside and rejects this, what we are talking about. Whoever, because there are Christians who disregard what we are saying, and will set this aside. No matter what you hear, you decide that what we will do is what we will do. We go do them. Whatever we go do, we go do them. We go sleep. We go booze. We go smoke. We go chill. We be Christopher, but we go chill. I'm a Christonian, but as for the fornication there, Pastor, forget it. It's my weakness. You have a very special weakness. Therefore, whoever disregards, sets aside and rejects this, disregards not man, so you are not, you are not disregarding me, but God. Read the rest. Is holy, chaste, pure. Have you seen it? He says, you are disregarding not man, but God, whose very spirit whom he gives to you is holy, chaste, pure. In other words, God has given you his Holy Spirit to help you be pure and be chaste and fulfill what God says you should do, which is his will. So the Holy Spirit is in your life to make you holy and continue in holiness. He made you holy, remember. He says, we are sanctified by the name of Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. He makes you holy and he helps you to continue in holiness. That's his ministry. That's his job. He helps you know how to handle your body. And manage your body. So that you can go the right way. When you are sleeping too much, you wake you up. Yeah, the Holy Spirit can wake you up at 3 a.m. and tell you to pray. The Holy Spirit can tell you, make sure you are praying. Because, you see, have you heard of cancer? This man of mine I'm talking about died from a cancer. Young guy. He didn't know he had cancer. He was just moving around. But there was cancer dwelling in his body. And he didn't know. When he went to the hospital, it had spread. It was too late. Within two weeks, he died. But the Holy Spirit can prompt you because one of the major purposes of the Holy Spirit in your life is to, apart from managing your body, is to help your body stay in health. He's a master physician who helps your body stay in health. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. Go to Romans chapter 8, verse 11. You need, you need the ministry of the Holy Spirit. What do you think? Yeah, I don't want to die young. I want to die as an old man. So when the Holy Spirit prompts me to pray, I'll pray. Because I don't know what he wants me to handle in my body. Maybe some cancer is coming and he's waking me up. Because your body deals in all kinds of things. They are dealing with you. It's all here. Look at it. It says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. Does he dwell in you? Does the Holy Spirit dwell in you? Yeah. Is the Holy Spirit in you? Yeah. The Holy Spirit, if you receive the Holy Spirit and you speak in tongues, the Holy Spirit is there. He's in you. It's true says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, that he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken. The word is vitalize, give energy, give health. His job is to give health to your mortal body. By his spirit that dwelleth in you, he gives health. Let's really amplify. But if, and if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised up Jesus from the dead will also restore to life your mortal body. Short-lived, perishable bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. He restores, he revives, he gives life. He gives health. He knows how to take care of your kidneys, which you have never seen before. 
He knows what you should pray to make sure your kidneys are, are functioning right. Another young man, also 27 or so, he was a laboratory technician, so he's working in one of these hospitals in one of these cities. Working, 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 testing people's blood and all of that. He felt like he felt he wasn't feeling too good, so he decided to go to the hospital. When he went to the hospital, he said his kidneys had failed. Both kidneys have failed. Both, not one, both. 27. And he's preparing to die. So he has to try, he has to see if he can get a kidney. And I think they've gotten a match, something, but it's very expensive. So he needs money to get it. And he's asking for money to get it. You don't need that. The Holy Spirit is inside your life. The Holy Spirit is in your life. So you see, you can't afford to ignore the Holy Spirit. You can't. Anything can just happen. Anything can just happen. Your body deals with things. Your body picks up viruses without even knowing you've picked, it. You've picked some things up. It picks up bacteria without knowing. Just a flu. Just breathing. Even the air we breathe has problems. The food we eat has problems. The Holy Spirit knows what to do. He knows your body more than you do. Apart from helping you and managing you to be in cleanness, be in purity, he helps and manages your, the health of your body as well. So he's so involved with our physical bodies. Our physical body. He keeps you in health. And if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised up Jesus from the dead will also restore to life. He will vitalize. He will give energy to your body. Go to the next verse. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. Uh-huh. For if we live after the flesh, you shall die. If you just move around, flowing. This one, they say we should do this. Then you go. Shisha can kill you. One shot of a, of a, a, a beer can kill you. Anything can just happen. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall, be, you shall live. If ye through what? The Spirit. If you through the Holy Spirit do mortify. The word mortify means to kill. If you do mortify, let's, let's read it and amplify it. It's nice. For if you live according to the dictates of the flesh, you will surely die. That's why a lot of Christians are dying. Because they are living after the flesh. Not living after the spirit. They are living as though life has nothing to do with the spirit. It's only it's what you see and what you hear. Let's just flow. Let's just be happy. This is what it is. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to enjoy my life. YOLO. You only live once. Let me enjoy. Let me enjoy. You enjoy and enjoy and enjoy and put yourself into trouble. The devil's aim in your life is to cut your life short. That's one of his major aims. His job is to make your voice not heard. So if he can destroy you and kill you early, your voice will not be heard. Are you in the church? For if you live according to the dictates of the flesh, you will surely die. But if through the power of the Holy Spirit, if you through the power of the Holy Spirit, but if through the power of the Holy Spirit, you are habitually, not at once, habitually putting to death, making extinct, deadening the evil deeds prompted by the body, you shall re- really and genuinely live forever. Ye through the, it can only be done through the Holy Spirit, through the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't live a holy life. It's not possible. Without the Holy Spirit, it's not possible. Other versions let you know how that the body deals with all kinds of things. The body picks all kinds of things. Health-wise. So you through the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, kill all those things that your body pick up without your knowledge. That is why we speak in tongues. That is why we pray in tongues. Why? Because we pray in tongues. We through the power of the Holy Spirit are ministering to our own bodies. As you are speaking, it says build. As you speak in tongues, you are edifying yourself. You are building yourself up. You are building yourself up. 
you are progressing. You are making progress. Rising like an edifice. Higher and higher. Yeah. Spiritually speaking and physically speaking. They say that speaking in tongues is what stimulates a particular side of your brain that is never stimulated at a normal circumstance. And brings you a certain kind of intelligence and a certain kind of wisdom. Yeah. God has made all these arrangements so that you live a perfect, glorious, beautiful life. Don't ignore the Holy Spirit. Tell me, but don't ignore the Holy Spirit. These things are not done by the Holy Spirit automatically. He's a gentleman. You must ask him to do it. Do you understand? You must walk in tandem with him. You must, you must walk with him. You must walk with the Holy Spirit. Our job is to walk with the Holy Spirit. It's to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. As we fellowship with the Holy Spirit, these things start coming. You will see that he will start prompting you. Sometimes I'll be there, the Holy Spirit will tell me, fast. Do you know too much eating is not good for your body? Which machine works all the time without going to rest? Your body needs to go to rest. Yeah. Your body needs to sleep. You are always eating. Always. Always. Your stomach is always working. Always working. Always working. Fufu is pounding fufu inside your stomach. He's mashing fufu, mashing yam. Then in the evening, you add indomie to it. Right now, we have farmers who are planting the tomatoes with certain chemicals that are poisonous. Haven't you noticed? Haven't you heard? They are planting the tomatoes with chemicals to make it grow quickly. Which are not good for the human body. My wife will say, because the university students have decided not to go into farming. They've left it for the villagers. So they, they, whichever chemical they find, when they see ACL, 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 it's like oil. Oh, yeah, fine. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, fine. HCL. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tomatoes, no fine. Then he will put it on the tomatoes. And it will ripe at once. Sometimes you, take, you buy the tomatoes, you, 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 you cut it into two. It's red outside. You cut it into two, it's green inside. And then you two, you use it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You are ingesting all kinds of things. Poisons, all kinds of things. That's why all these cancers are there. We don't know where they've come from. All of a sudden, it's so sad. People just fall down. They are working, they fall down, they go, and then it's a cancer. Ah, what is the meaning of all this? But through the Spirit. Through the Spirit. It says, if you through the Spirit mortify, deaden, kill the deeds of the flesh, you shall live. You shall live. Do you want to live? Yeah. You can't ignore the Holy Spirit. Tell anybody, you can't ignore the Holy Spirit. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead, if he raised Jesus from the dead, what is it that your body can go into that he cannot raise from? If you raise him from the dead, the one that raised up Christ from the dead shall also give life, shall also vitalize, bring vitality to your body. By his spirit. By his spirit. By his spirit. This is a ministry of the Holy Spirit to your body. Wow. To keep your body in health. He will show you what, what to pray about. Yeah, he will show you. Say, fast and pray. Then you see us, we are on. Fasting and praying. It's not because we like to fast and pray. No, who doesn't like food? Don't you like food? Why do you think the pastor does not like food? What's so special about the pastor? He also likes food. Yeah, but the difference is that we hear the voice of the Spirit. You know. Yeah. And you want to... Listen. He will show you which bus to miss. I tell you. He will show you which bus to miss. Don't ignore the Holy Spirit, okay? Tell your neighbor, don't ignore the Holy Spirit. He will help you to keep your body in check 
and he will help you to make sure your body is in health. He's a great physician. Hallelujah. Yeah, sometimes the Holy Spirit will tell you, don't eat this. I took a bottle of malt some time ago to, to drink. When I took it, the Holy Spirit told me, pray over it. Pray over it because it has a poison inside. Yeah, not, it, it's not that someone is trying to poison me, but something had gone wrong with it, and I was going to drink it. I, I, I was actually drinking it. He said, stop and pray over it. Yeah, and I prayed over it. And whatever it was, was neutralized. The said, they shall drink poison, and it shall not harm them. But it is not automatic. I don't know if you get it. It's not in auto drive. It is in acknowledging the Holy Spirit. It says, they that believe shall have these signs following them. If you believe what? Believe in the Holy Spirit. Believe in his word. So he will tell you that what you are taking is this. So pray. And he told me, pray. And it didn't affect me. I just knew. I just knew me that I have to pray over it. He told me, pray over it. And I prayed over it. And it didn't affect me. But someone will take it and start running. He will run for three days. And start losing water. And before long, trouble has come. Why? Because you ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit. So you can't ignore the Holy Spirit. You can't tell me about you can't ignore the Holy Spirit. He will show you what to do. He will show you things to come. He will keep you alive for a long time. So that you can fulfill his work on earth. Now, why does the Holy Spirit do all these things? If if you've realized since 31st, I've been talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit to you. To you. He keeps you in health. He keeps you in strength. He, he comforts you. He helps you. He's your standby. He's all these beautiful things. He shows you what's to come. And all the things I've told you, right? Now, he does all those things so that he can work with you. So that he can partner with you. Partner with you in what? Partner with you in his ministry, in his work of winning and evangelizing to the whole world. Every Christian, every child of God has been born by God to win souls. We are all soul winners. Say, I'm a soul winner. Say to their neighbor, you are a soul winner. You. You, you are a soul winner. You are an effective soul winner. Even if you don't believe it. Even if you don't think about it. That's what God thinks about you. And the Holy Spirit is the one who is sent by God. He has that ministry. The Holy Spirit has that ministry of bringing us, okay, into partnership with him and helping us win the lost world. He knows who to win and who to talk to at every single time. So as you allow him to talk to you about your own private life, in your finances, if you follow the Holy Spirit, you never do a wrong investment. All the wrong investments are done because we don't mind the Holy Spirit. We don't take our time to hear from him. One man said he has never lost an investment. And he was a millionaire, dollar millionaire. He said he had never done any wrong investment ever in his life. Why? Because before he makes any decision, he will enter into his closet. He said he had a literal closet. And will go and pray and ask the Holy Spirit to show him exactly what to do. And wait until he hears something within him. You see, the Holy Spirit bears, one of the major ways the Holy Spirit leads us is to bear witness with our spirits. That is why we speak in tongues. If you are a Christian and you are not into speaking in tongues, you have to be into speaking in tongues. Because one of the major ways God guides us and leads us is by speaking in tongues. Okay? The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit. Romans chapter 8, verse 16. For the Spirit, bears, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit 
that we are the children of God. Let's read the Amplified. The Spirit himself that testifies together with our own spirit. He testifies together. In other words, he speaks to our spirit. He bears witness with our spirit. Assuring us that we are children of God. Do you know you are a child of God? Do you know that if you die today, you go to heaven? Why? Because it's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who assures you and helps you know that truly you are a child of God. Okay? Now, the same way he bears witness with our spirits, he bears concerning our new birth, he bears witness with our spirits concerning every single aspect of life as well. He bears witness with our spirits. Say he bears witness with our spirit. He bears witness with our spirit. So whatever it is, the Bible says the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker. But the house of David grew stronger and stronger. So look for that scripture and let's put it there. Why? Because David was a man of the spirit. Decide to be a man of the spirit. Decide to be a woman of the spirit. Okay? Second Samuel chapter 3 verse 1. Read this to me. One to go. house of Saul waxed weaker and weaker. These are two men who represent two things. They were all kings of Israel. Meaning that they were all, typologically speaking, they were all Christians. But one was living after the flesh and one was living after the spirit. One was living in tandem with the spirit. David would never make a move without talking to God about it. Including the day when his, he went to fight a war for God, actually. And when he came back, they are taking his wife and his children, his wives. He had wives. He, they are taking them away. Everybody had been taken away, including every one of the soldiers he went to fight the war with. They are taking all their children away and burnt all their houses. Everybody was angry. They wanted to stone him. For the first time in their lives, David's mighty men wanted to stone him. If I was his David encouraged himself in the Lord. Do you know the next thing he did? He took an effort. He took a priestly garment and stood before God and asked him, shall I pursue? Shall I pursue the people who have taken my wives and my children? What kind of question is that? Will you ask such a question? What will you do if it was you? When you come now, you draw a sword. Hey! Allah! They are in trouble. And then you start moving. David was not a fool. He was a man of the spirit. Saul was a fool. Because he was a man of the flesh. Do you know how Saul died? Saul died in war, in battle. Saul, a mighty man of God, anointed of God, died. All those who are anointed of God don't die in battle. If you're anointed of God, you die a natural death. You are taken by God at a set time. But Saul died like an animal. He died like an ordinary person. That's why David, David cried and lamented so hard. It's like, how come Saul died as though he was not anointed? How come he had the spirit and died like an ordinary man? Because he progressed, he lived his life after the flesh. Only moving according to what he thought, moving according to what he felt, and moving according to what others said, especially what others said. Someone came to, you know, Saul didn't like David because he knew that the anointing of God was upon David. And that when he dies, David would take over. Are you in the church? So he didn't like David, he wanted to kill David. So he spent more than 10 years chasing David. He started chasing David when he was 18. He chased David until he was 30. Yeah. For about 12 years of his life, he was chasing David. That was his main aim in life. Chasing the one who is anointed of God. David went to a priest's house with his mighty men, and they took bread. The priest gave them bread, 
and the sword of Goliath was there. So he took the sword and went away. Then one guy saw that David had come to that place and went to Saul to go and report that David has come to the house of the, the man of God and he has helped him. Meanwhile, the man of God didn't do anything for the guy. The sword is his. Take your sword. He wanted bread. Okay, there's no, he even said there's no bread. It's just a bread that we put before God that is available. He said we like it, we eat it. And he took it and it was even a curse for him, but because he was anointed, nothing happened. Are you in the church? When Saul heard it, do you know what he did? Do you know what Saul did? Saul lined up the priests, all the priests, about 70 of them, with their wives and children, and killed every one of them. He killed God's anointed. How can the anointed touch the anointed? A child of God. He was a child of God. He killed all. He killed 70 of them. And only one of them ran away. Why? A man of the flesh. He functioned according to what people say. So sometimes someone will come and tell you something. I saw your beloved. I saw your husband here. I saw him doing this. Then you flip. Boom. It's finished. The marriage is coming to an end. Because of one person's testimony. Do you know what David would do? David would stand before God and pray. And find out, is this what this person is saying true? Whatever God tells him is what he will do. Wow. wow. Yeah, he's a man of the spirit. Tell anybody, become a man of, of the spirit. Let's change the confession. Say that you are a man of the spirit. Today, tell anybody, today marks the end of your foolishness. And the beginning of your wisdom. Because wisdom is making the right choice all the time, so that you don't fall into trouble. Bible says that the prudent, the wise man sees trouble coming from afar and hides himself. He always sees. The wise man sees. Without the Holy Spirit, you cannot see because he shows you the future. He shows you the future. There was long war between Saul, the house of Saul, and the house of David. But David works greater and greater. It's only those who have the Spirit who works greater and greater. If you are not a man of the Spirit, as the years go by, prosperity is not by years. You will not be prosperous when you are 50. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, as you are growing, the money is coming. It's not true. You think you don't have money now. And the way that money will come is when you are growing. Like, as, you are, as I'm growing, money will be coming. It's, it's the most false news you can ever think about. We are made to believe that. We are made to believe that when you finish school and you start working, pay will come. Yes, pay will come. But you will see that expenses are also coming. The expense will come as a small boy initially. Your pay is a big man, a 30-year-old man. And your expense is initially a 5-year-old boy. But then as 5 years goes by, you realize that your pay is still 30 years, but your expenses is becoming 25 years. <laughs> and then before, it's like it's going on latogen, eh? The expense is going on latogen. You see that after another five years, the, the pay is still age 30. And the expense is now age 50. He has passed, so now you have to live on bank overdraft. You always eat into half of your pay before the month begins. You can't buy a car. Why? It's not a joke. It's not a joke. You can't do some things. So wealth and prosperity and health is not by age. Is by wisdom and what you have gathered in your spirit through the word. If there's no word inside, prosperity outside will be a problem. If there's no wisdom inside, 
because wisdom has durable riches. Wisdom is what brings you durable riches. The Holy Spirit is wisdom. He brings you durable riches. See, I will not ignore the ministry of the Holy Spirit. See, I will speak in tongues. Blast in tongues right now. Blast in tongues right now. Kola ba shatalabai. Kola ba laba shalabalaba. Kola ba yabalaba. Hallelujah. Now, when you speak in tongues like that, you will see that one of the major things that happens is that you see images start images will start coming to you. Perception. I, I, I've had so many visions. When I pray in tongues, I see visions because that is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He says that when the Holy Spirit is poured up, upon all flesh, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Then it says, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. He brings you visions. He brings you dreams. He brings you insights, thoughts, understanding into what you are, you are, you are talking about. Okay? So you can be praying in tongues, speaking in tongues, and then as you're speaking in tongues, and your mind is on what you're doing. I've taught you concerning the benefits of speaking in tongues. Keep your mind on what you're doing. Don't speak in tongues. You see, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, let's read verse 14. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. He says, my spirit prays. My spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays. Hmm? That's the Amplified. For if I pray in a known tongue, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays. So as soon as I start praying in tongues, the Holy Spirit is speaking with my spirit. Are you seeing it? Now, it is just like what you read in Romans chapter 8 verse 16. For the spirit himself bears witness with our spirits. He testifies with our spirit. He speaks to our spirit that we are children of God. Do you remember that one? The spirit himself does testifies together with our spirit, assuring us that we are children of God. So, in the other places, for if I pray in a known tongue, my spirit, by the Holy Spirit within me, prays. In other words, come, we begin to communicate. As I begin to speak in tongues like this, Mando, Shele, Glasti, Palo, Grasto, Mane, Glashadaba, Rego, Sanabale. My spirit, who is my real, the real me, and knows everything concerning my life. <laughs> my spirit knows concerning my feet. He knows everything concerning my life. Okay? By the Holy Spirit in me, who is God himself, begin to communicate. They begin to talk. Are you seeing it? So this is an opportunity for my spirit to bear witness with the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Spirit rather to bear witness with my spirit, concerning any matter at all that concerns me or concerns anyone around me. That's the opportunity. So even though I'm praying in tongues, am I, he says, but my mind, so this mind, he says, is unproductive. It bears no fruit and helps nobody. That is why you can speak in tongues and you'll be visiting your beloved. You'll be visiting your girlfriend somewhere. You can be speaking in tongues here and you'll be in Tema with your mind. You are carrying cement in Tema and doing some things with your mind. Or you can be speaking in tongues here and you are eating gobe. Or eating, you have closed, as you are speaking, you have closed the service in your mind. And you are walking towards your hostel. Or you have entered your house. And Omutua has been said before you. Reba. So you can be speaking that. Reba laba. Then you lick your lips. Laba laba laba. Because in your mind you are tasting the. The ganotsu. So it's a turn. He says. But my, my mind is unproductive. It bears no fruit. And helps nobody. It helps nobody. Then the next verse says that. What is it then? Then what am I to do? What am I to do? What am I supposed to do? If my mind is unfruitful, what am I supposed to do? He says, I will pray with my spirit by the Holy Spirit that is within me, but I will also pray intelligently with my mind and understanding. Now, what is he saying? As I speak in tongues, interpretation will come into my mind and to my understanding. The Holy Spirit will bring me understanding. 
So you must bring your mind to what you are doing. Bring your mind close to the door of speaking in tongues. Bring your mind. So as you are speaking now, your mind will want to go. Bring your mind. We are not going anywhere. You know you can make as much noise with your mind as you make with your hands. Even more. Your mind can make noise. Your mind can tell you, Charlie, what are we doing? Yeah, bro. We are tired. Let's go and sleep. Your mind will conjugate your bread for you. Je bread. Two bread. Eo bread. Nu bread. Vous bread. Eo bread. What's all this? Let's close and go away. Your mind will be telling you things. So you have to calm your mind. As you are speaking in tongues, though, you have to calm your mind. Bring your mind to what you are doing. Because as you are speaking in tongues, you will begin to get understanding. Understanding will start coming to you so that you can pray in your understanding. The Holy Spirit brings thoughts to your mind. Your mind is a door with your spirit. He brings thoughts to your mind. You pray in tongues. Your mind is on what you are doing. Then you see that interpretation is coming to you. He will start showing you. Sometimes you just... You will just see visions concerning something. Yeah. You see, you see pictures. You see pictures coming to you. Concerning anything. It depends on what it is. Yeah. It makes prayer very exciting. And that's, that's God speaking to you. Sometimes people say, I want to hear God speak to me. That's how God speaks to you. He bears witness with your spirit. As you're speaking in tongues, he bears witness with your spirit. He brings things to your mind. He brings things to your mind. He will show you. I've been guided too many times. Too many times. This building we are in like this. So, so much fight. Plenty fight. But I've, I had worked in this building too many times praying in tongues. The building was not here physically. I'll be in my house, but I'm just having imaginations. As I'm praying in tongues, the Holy Spirit bring it to my mind. It's going to work. Don't give it up. It's going to work. Don't give it. There were too many challenges. You would have left it a long time ago. It took the Holy... I would have left it a long time ago. It took the Holy Spirit to keep pushing me and keep pushing for things to be done. Because you should always know that you have an adversary. Who is the devil? Who would not want you to go forward? So he would want to block you. What do you do? Speak in tongues. As you are speaking, Paul said, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you. He spoke in tongues too much. That's verse, verse 18. He spoke in tongues too much. Hmm? I thank God that I speak in tongues, in strange tongues, languages. More than any of you all put together. Can you hear? He says the whole church put together. He spoke in tongues more than all of them. Was Paul a success? Yeah. Do you consider Paul a success? Yeah. Paul was a minister of God. And he was a successful one at that. Very wild guy. He was a rich man. I showed them some scriptures some time ago. He was so rich that even whilst he was in prison, the governor who had him in prison wanted him to bribe him. Yeah, because he saw the caliber of people who were coming to, him to visit him. It was like, this guy has money. He wanted him to bribe him so that he would let him go. Will you pray in tongues? Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. Kolabalaba. Reto. Shalaba. Regebe. Spend time. You see? This week, for instance, we are praying in tongues. Oh, the whole church. Everybody. We've been, some of us have been spoken in tongues for more than 50 hours since the year began. Speaking in tongues. Praying in tongues. Praying in tongues. Setting things right. Life is spiritual. Tell me about life is spiritual. Where does thoughts come from? Have you seen thoughts before? But do you have thoughts coming to you? Yeah. Can you be somewhere and then a thought will just fly into your mind? Yeah. Thoughts are spiritual. Thoughts are spiritual. Ideas are spiritual. Ideas are spiritual. 
I always ask this question. What would you do if you knew that Android, Android phones were going to be very important about 10 years ago, in 2010? If you knew Android phones were going to be very important, what would you have done? Would you have invested in it? Would you have decided to be a sole distributor in Ghana? Would you have done that? How come you didn't know? Is the Holy Spirit too, is it too difficult for the Holy Spirit to bring such things to your mind? No, he says he will bring you things, he will show you things to come. He will show you the future, he will show you things. That's his job, he shows you the future. Eh? Look at it, John 16, 13. Look at this. Can you, can you read this to me? One to go. He will guide you into all truth. Did he say what things? Did he say what exact things he will show you? He didn't. Meaning that he can show you exam, your exam questions. Oh, I've gone to school like you. I had it too many times. I had it too many times. Too many times. Yeah, you don't pray before reading your books. That's why you don't have any leading. You only follow. You are like Saul. You follow what people are saying. Nieba, dieba, nieba. Dieba, dieba. This one is coming. Dieba, dieba. This one is coming. This one is coming. As a business person, you only follow what people are saying. They say this one is becoming popular, so you want to invest in that one. Ah, when you enter now, that is when it will stop working. Some people did pure other business and failed. Yeah, because it's not, it's not every business you're supposed to enter. He will show you things to come. He didn't say what exactly it is. He will show you. He will just show It's too generic. He will show you things. Whatever it is you are involved in, he will show you. He will show you what to be involved in to start with. I'm not in ministry because uh, I felt ministry is a nice thing to do, like to bring money. No. I'm in ministry because the Holy Spirit showed me. As I, I, I was a Christian like everybody else. I just loved God. I didn't have intentions of going to ministry at all. If you like business more than me, they'll arrest you. <laughs> I tell you, I like buildings. I can stop and go and look at a building. I can be driving out, see a building, and stop and go and ask about the building. Okay, so I will do, I'll do U-turns. I've done many U-turns. I can just enter a building and just, oh, so how did you guys do this? That's how I like buildings. If I were doing business, I'll be into building. Yeah, real estate, something. And I wanted to do business. So hard. I went to do MBA at the point even. Yeah. And God said no. The more I prayed in tanks, the more I saw myself preaching. The more I prayed in chance, the more I saw. I remember I wanted to, when, when I finished university, first, first degree, I wanted to go outside the country and go and continue my education and probably marry a white girl or something. Hey. The more I prayed in chance, the more I saw Kumasi. Kuma, what, what am I come to do in Kumasi? I always wanted to live close to the airport. I've always wanted to live close to the airport so that I can get out of the country very quickly. The more I prayed in tongues, the more Kumasi. God told me, come to Kumasi. I saw VIP bus coming. Come to Kumasi. One more one seat. What a shock. Hey. So I'm praying to Molaba, Shabalaba, Regalaba. God, show me where to go. Show me where to Then show me one more one seat. Go here. Hey. Then I'll say, no. Let me pray to us again. But I can tell you, I have benefited coming to this place. Yeah, I was not born here. I was not raised here in Kumasi. Some people think I was born and raised here. I was not born and raised here. 
I came here because the Holy Spirit asked me to come back. I schooled here, but then the Holy Spirit told me, come back and come and live here. Yeah. God has prospered me and increased me, made my life something. Why? Because I've been following the Holy Spirit. I've tried to follow the Holy Spirit. I am now coming to do it even more. I've not, I've not, I'm now coming to start. Yes. I'm now com- I tell you, I'm not coming to start. Yeah. Because I don't want my success to be abated in any way. So no matter what, I'll make time. Because there are pastors who don't pray in tongues. Oh, there are pastors who don't pray in tongues. So many. Hey, you don't have to be a pastor. Like when you become a pastor, then you pray in tongues. It's not true. Ask them. I don't even know what to say. There are a lot of pastors who don't pray. So it's not, it's not because of position. No. It's a decision you make. You decide, you th- you, if you think it is important, then you start engaging yourself in it. Yeah, it's active. If, if, you, are, if you are interested uh, to help you. Paul said, I thank my God, I speak in tongues more than you all. Go to Acts chapter 16. Let's read from verse 6. This is, this, is, this is a story concerning Paul. Paul was a preacher, and so he was into trying to get into various places to preach. Just like a businessman who is trying to start many outlets in various places. Do you see? So Paul is trying to go to a certain place. And look at what happens. Now, this would not have happened if he was not into speaking in tongues. The Holy Spirit is not committed to doing this in your life. It's not automatic. Man of God, please come. Start walking around. Hold on, hold on, come. I'm the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. He is himself. If I'm the Holy Spirit and I'm trying to get his attention, the Holy Spirit tries to get your attention. To speak with you and show you. His ministry is to show you things to come. It's to guide you in life. It's to bring you into reality. It's to comfort you and help you. Isn't it? It's to keep your body managed properly in purity. It's to keep your body in health. I've showed you all these things. Now, if he's trying to tell you and you're not minding him, what can he do? So, let's start moving. He's praying about his health. I'm telling him, oh, Charlie, just, just drink this water and you'll be fine. Oh, He's trying, to, he's trying to get a wife. Oh, this lady here. Eh, this lady here was going to... Oh, I'm try, he's trying to get a new job. There's a big job here I need you to get to. Oh, oh. He's pointing to another thing. He wants another thing. So what can the Holy Spirit do? He can't do anything. He will just... He will not, it's called grieving the Spirit. It's called quenching the Spirit. You can grieve the spirit. You can quen- the Bible says, quench not the spirit. Then it says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed. Don't grieve him. Don't quench his voice. Don't extinguish him in your life. Don't ignore him. Don't rubbish him. And I suppose something told me. Is the Holy Spirit so you say something? You are calling something. Just imagine if you come and I say, oh, something came around. What will, what will you do? Will you be happy about it? The Holy Spirit also has emotions. So if you keep calling him something, 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 you say, that man, Frabe This boy, he doesn't respect at all. But when he turns and starts chatting with me, when we start talking, then I can tell him, oh, I saw this business here that I think you should do. Follow me and I'll show it to you. Let's go. Then we can go. He's in agreement. But as long as you're... How do you get in agreement? As long as you're not... You do that only two minutes. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's like you are too, you are in a hurry. 
we just started talking and then okay okay we are we have closed so we'll meet later in the evening you. After we say, how are you, how are you, then you just leave. Then, no, you are going. That's why we spend long hours in prayer. That's why we spend long hours. 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 As a child of God, you should spend at least 30 minutes praying in tongues. On the, if you commit yourself to daily, you see the way you eat every day and drink every day. There are some things, spiritual things you should do every day. Yeah. Without one day cancelled. Every day. Speak in tongues. 30 minutes. Just commit to it. Find a good place. No phone calls, nothing. Block everybody. No phone calls. Everybody should go away. They will not help you. Their counsel will not help you. People have spoken to you. How has it benefited you? They have been talking. Let's do this. This investment has come. This one is here. This girl is good for you. This one is good for you. People marry people and plenty of problems. Yeah. So it's time to listen to God for yourself. How do you hear God? Speak in tongues. Speak in tongues. Kola Bayaba. Paul was, Paul was going. He, thank you very much. Now, when they had gone through Africa and the region of Galatia and were forbidden, they were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. They were forbidden. The Holy Spirit forbade them and said, No, don't go. Can the Holy Spirit say no to you? And you respond? Yeah, he should be able to say no to you and then you respond. No, not now. It's not yet time. Don't do it. Don't do it. If you want real success, never attempt anything great, any great decision without contacting the Holy Spirit. Wait on God. Go to Acts chapter 13, verse 1. You need to wait on God. You need to wait on God by fasting and prayer so that you can hear the Holy Spirit speak. Now, they were in the church that was at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manaen, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. These guys were praying. He says, next verse. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, as they ministered to the Lord, they were worshiping God, praying, speaking in tongues. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, we don't just fast and move around. We fast and wait on God. You are fasting and moving around, smelling all the watchy joints. As you are going, then you are making decisions. Hey, watch it. I'll come and I'll come and buy some. When we finish the fast, I'll come and buy some. Then you move around. You meet uh, uh, some fried rice joints. I mean, Toby Shelby, let me buy some and put it in my bag for future purposes. What a shock. No. You need all the concentration you can get. Because it's a serious business now. You need God to talk. Don't you need God to talk? Hmm. He will show you things to come. Isaac. Isaac packed his things. He got his luggage together. Got his wife and his children together. Because... Everybody was moving to Egypt, which was the American of their time. So he packed his baggage because he couldn't do anything where he was. He packed his baggage. Just when he was about to go, it was evening. So he decided to sleep. As he was sleeping, God came and told him that, Brother, now wrong decision you did make now. Stay here now. I'll prosper you. And he heard. You see, he had been trained to hear God's voice. And he had been trained to respond to God by his father. So he heard God and responded. He stayed in that same country. And the Bible says that, that same year, he planted and he reaped an hundredfold. All those who went to Egypt don't have that. He stayed where he was, in Gera, and had a hundredfold. The Bible says God prospered him so much that the people were afraid of him. Genesis, look at Genesis. Genesis chapter 26. 
And Isaac sold in that land, and we see in the same year, an hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. Why? Because God, he heard God's voice. All the people we see in the Bible, Abraham, Isaac, they were all business people. Though. None of them was a preacher. None of them had a church. Some people think that the Bible is written for pastors. You were a joke. All those inside. Oh, you're a big joke. All those inside. Some were kings. Some were businessmen. Some were farmers. All kinds of things. And they needed God's voice and God's guidance for what they were doing. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Why have you left prayer? You have left prayer meditation for the pastor. I will prosper and leave you. You'll be surprised. I will prosper and leave you. You'll be shocked. I want us to prosper together. That's why I'm talking to you. Hallelujah. I'm looking for the place where it says, And the man works great and went forward. Uh-huh. Verse 13. Wow. That's the next verse, right? Yeah. Let's read from verse 12 to verse 13. It's nice. Then Isaac sowed in the land and received in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Next verse. Read this to me. One to go. And the was Wow. Do you like such things? Yeah. Do you like such things? Yeah. Before this happened, go up. You see it. You see what God, God did with him. Go up. Show, him, show me where God spoke to him, where he was parking, and God told him, stay here in the land of Gerah. So you can be going, God, 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 God wants to tell you, don't go here. You say, I will go. You don't even hear. I've finished parking. Let me tell you, let me tell you a story. Can I tell you a story? There's a man of God that I know in Accra who is doing very well. He has more than 4,000 people in one church. In one church. Okay? And he's controlling about 50 churches. He's part of a very big network of churches. Now, he was a medical doctor. He finished school as a medical doctor years ago. And was on his way out of the country. As, so he bought the plane ticket, bought everything. You know, but he's into praying in tongues. He was just a Christian. He was into praying in tongues. Praying in tongues, praying in tongues, praying in tongues. When he got to the airport, he checked in, went through immigration. As he was going to board, he heard the voice of God telling him that don't go, go back home. He said he was. Yeah. He had, he had a small group. Eh? He had a small group in the church that he was pastoring. He was, he was shepherding. He was like a householder in the church. They were just about 20 or so. God told him, who are you leaving the 20 people for? Go back. He was married then. At the airport, when he was about to board the plane, God told him, go back. And he heard the voice of God clear. So he turned. So all the people, his wife and parents had come to wave him bye-bye and all and had gone home. He got a car and went back home. He knocked and then the wife opened the door. When his, the wife saw him, he just passed the wife and went to sit down angrily. Like, don't ask me questions. Hey. Wow. Can you imagine that the wife told him that he's, she's glad that she, he's not going because God has spoken to her as well. Yeah. About what, about this particular thing. If you marry a wife, who's going to pray in the tongues? That, that is the end of your life. You're in trouble. Now, he has worked great. He's one of the richest people around. 
was great, become so, and he travels more than anybody who finished school with him. Today he's in America. Tomorrow he's in the UK. The next day he's in Abidjan. The next day he's in Brazil. He's just traveling. The problem he has is that he travels too much. He spends too much time in the airplanes. Yeah. Isaac works great. See, I'm waxing great. Because I'm listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Show me that verse. Verse 13. Let me read that to you. Hallelujah. And the man what? Works great. See, I'm waxing great. And went forward. Say, I'm waiting forward. See, I'm a winter forward. I'm waiting forward. And he grew until he became very great. Say, I'm great. Until I become very great. Bible says that, and the Philistines envied him. God is going to bless you, uh, they will envy you. For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of heads and great store of servants, and the Philistines envied him. Rise up on your feet. I see some people who are envied standing up right now. Envy people who are envied all around the world. Because they listen to the voice of the Lord. Because they are Holy Ghost freaks. Speaking in the Spirit. Let's practice what we just preached. Use two minutes, three minutes to speak in tongues right now. Speak in tongues right now. Hola balaba, shalaba, rega sapanamande, eloro tanamale, keshele balaba, rando lagaba, babale reto nemanama, elora bababa, rabelebe lebelebe 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 lebelebe. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's Word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T Podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in, and enjoy God's Word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.